Good morning and welcome once again to the Orlando Real Estate Buzz. We have so much news out there again this week, Joe, that I think we kind of got to narrow it down a little bit. And we might not be able to cover everything. You really can't. I mean, it's just, if we have five hours, we probably could, but we don't. So I think people would get tired of us after about four and a half. So yeah, yeah. I mean, we're pretty, we're pretty easy to get along with. So the the big things from the past week or so is just announced Biden has changed the ruling on independent contractors. And this comes into effect March 11th, which mm. could, could directly affect our industries. That's a major, like, that's a major, major piece. Like, I don't think people realize, and this kind of snuck, I feel like it's not as much attention to it as I expected. There would yeah, be. Yeah, yeah. I didn't, you didn't see a lot of headlines, but it's, when you look at the numbers, it's like, man, it's, it's, it's going to affect a lot of people. And the definition, the way they defined it, it kind of covers me, covers everybody. So you've got that. And then, you know, last week we didn't get a chance to cover it, but the Department of Justice came out in one of the lawsuits with realtors that's going on about you know how we structure commissions, uh, came out and said, mm, no, we don't like it. We're going to change it. We want it changed. Hasn't, been, hasn't gone into effect yet, but it was their first real uh, entry into discussion of what, what they're looking for in the, uh, in the, um, commission restructuring of how things are done in real estate. Then, of course, we got our jobless numbers, which came across, mm -hmm. continuing with the commercial real estate debacle that's going on. Mm -hmm. So there's just a lot really to to take a look at. But we're going to we're going to jump in first. On this headline, Biden's Labor Department takes aim at Uber and DoorDash with new rule aimed to cut down a number of independent contractors. So Which, so is this this is kind of a two edge on this one, right? Like. This is more less like I feel like it's a little bit less about the actual drivers themselves and more mm -hmm. about the Uber and DoorDash skirting on all the, the payroll taxes that they should be paying. That's that's the big that's the big thing the government is saying. But you're seeing a lot of these labor unions come out and say, oh, they're treated poorly. You know, they don't have the right to unionize. You know, they're not getting the benefits of being an employee. But. You know, it, it's not only this industry, but there's a lot of independent contractor industries. Yeah. One, real estate. I'm an independent contractor with my brokerage. Mm -hmm. In the mortgage industry, it's it's probably what, maybe 50-50 independent contractor? Uh, yeah, I would say a lot of like, uh, we we W-2 our, our LOs, but there's a lot of companies that, that do 1099. Um, maybe not 50-50, but it is a sizable. It's probably 40-60, maybe somewhere around there. Okay. Okay. And the whole gist of the new ruling is this. If you are economically dependent on the company. Well, how that's a that's a tough wouldn't like economically dependent. What is that? What does that actually mean? Like that company ultimately is paying you. So that, that, that's the autonomy. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. you're getting paid by them. Does that justify economically dependent? Or are they it's, going much broader of like, if this is your only source of income? Income. Well, you look at a lot of these, the Uber, a lot of the DoorDash, a lot of the, what they call gig, mm -hmm. the gig industry. A lot of people, this is their second income. This is a second job. This is how, you know, they're actually able to make ends meet on, mm -hmm. a, on a daily basis. And if 
the they're they're responsible for their own taxes. They're responsible, you know, for for writing off their income. I as an as an independent contractor, you know, I I generate all my own leads. I generate all my own business. But yeah. because of the structure of the laws within the state, I have to work under a broker if I don't have a broker's license. Mm-hmm. So I have all my stuff gets run through the brokerage. Yeah. So technically, if that brokerage is, brokerage fails, I'm I'm quote out of a position. Mm-hmm. So am I economically dependent now on that brokerage? Hmm. You know, I I see this more as okay, now I kind of know why they went at, why they hired 30,000 IRS agents because they're going to come after us because, you know, you look at independent, what about the independent truckers? What about the traveling nurses? Mm-hmm. You know, traveling nurses, they're all independent contractors. They're hired. They take contracts from generally one or two companies, mm-hmm. you know, but they also get to write off all their expenses. So mm-hmm. what's the goal of every independent contractor, every business person. What's one of your biggest goals? Reduce your tax liability. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yes. So they're looking at these and going, wow, if we put them as, as employees now, we're now going to get your employer part portion of the payroll tax and mm-hmm. we're going to get their portion of the payroll tax. Mm-hmm. It's a It's, it's a revenue generation generating scheme i i look at it. that's that was my immediate reaction to it was they're just looking at ways to increase increase revenue because they can't stop the spending so what do you do if you can't stop the spending you increase the revenue you know so you've got to increase increase the taxes so, so it's it can it could really have a widespread effect on on a lot of people overall um so it's it's one of those where you're you're looking at that and then also, you know, with the, with, with our lovely, you know, I, government, you know, there's, there's been a number of lawsuits. I know most people who, you know, generally watch the news know, know this is out there is in the real estate industry. Oh. Because, because, you know, remind me, I've got to get on the conspiracy. Put the tinfoil at, 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 at noon. Um, the collusion call. That we all have. Um, uh, yes, yes, yes. The collusion call. Yes. The collusion call. Yes. Yeah. Because every Thursday at 12 noon, Eastern Standard right. Time. Standard Time. Yes. Yeah. Because us as real, us as realtors, we all colluded that we we're going to charge the exact same thing for our real estate commissions. There's been several lawsuits, a lot of settlements, not, not a lot of, a lot of, um, convictions or convictions or uh, decisions one way or another, more settlements and agreements that, hey, we're going to change certain things within the structure. One of the biggest ones was in our MLS system, you had to put at least a dollar commission to the, what we call the selling agent or the buyer's agent. You had to put a dollar. Well, one of the things is, yeah, you know, because you just had to, you had to put something. Um, and everyone has agreed to change it. Our MLS actually has this now in that you can put zero in there. Okay. 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 So you're not, co- you're not quote coercing the seller 
to do that, to yeah. actually have to pay. They don't, they don't have to pay, but it's general practice and it's been this way for what hundred years. Yeah. Yeah. So I just, I, 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 I that, that one kind of blows my mind a little bit on this one. Like you can put zero, like they're going to put on the MLS, which is getting syndicated to all the other realtors for those realtors to then advertise to their buyers. Right. Yep. But they're going to pay zero. Yeah. Like, I feel like it's kind of like, Hey, like, I want to get all the benefit without actually having to do anything else. Correct. Correct. Right? Like, and that's, that's what's very confusing with it, with this kind of rule change in my mind. Um, you know, it's like, what's going to happen. And we can, this one, I feel like we could talk forever because what's going to happen. If a, do you, do we really think that a, that a buyer is going to get served better, which I guess that's the argument is the buyer shouldn't get, protections but the see it like everybody wants the buyer to make sure that they have ample protection so they're not taking right. advantage from on the other side but the buyer is going to be responsible for paying that like this is where it gets really convoluted and challenging because i i i almost feel like we're, we're looking at these rules very narrowly and these mm -hmm. are very very broad pieces that have much bigger ripples across um the housing and the economy as a whole if we start playing with this too much yeah, it's there's so many unintended consequences. So you've got someone sitting behind a desk in the Department of Justice who just comes up with a whimsical thing. You know, this is what their claim is. It is that it merely prescribes cosmetic changes to the commission sharing at the center of the lawsuit against a broker-owned multiple listing service in the Northeast. So it's is it kind of cosmetic? Yeah, it is. But at the same time, are we always are we serving the best our, our, our best um, for, for our buyers or for the seller. Yes. That's what you're, that's our job. That's what we're always trying to do overall. But they're they're What they're saying is that where we, as, um, as agents will, we like to steer buyers to the higher commission. If the, if the seller's offering two and a half percent, or 3%, I'm, I'm automatically going to steer my buyer to the one paying 3% over the one paying 2.5%. And the problem with that is there's always one or two bad apples that will mm -hmm. do that. And that's going to impact all the people that aren't going, that, that, that would never do that because they're going to operate in an ethical fashion. Correct. You're, it, it's the old short-term, short-term gain for a long-term loss. Mm-hmm. You know, your your whole job is to is to serve your client. If that's the house they like, that's the house they like. Mm -hmm. You know, it's 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 up to them. But I was having a discussion. My uh, best friend came into town on Sunday and he's selling his condo. And he's like, you know, what you know, what do you guys see? I go, well, down here right now, we're really five, four percent somewhere in that area. But I said, you know, you you can do anything you want. It's not set. You know, if you want to do it's he's looking at selling a roughly about $900,000 condo in Raleigh, North Carolina. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, you don't have, you know, you don't have to agree to what she says. If you want to beat her up, it goes, well, I got her down from six to five real easy. I go, well, yeah, she had that in there already to give it away. You know? Yeah. I mean, 5%. So she's going to make $50,000 on a condo in Raleigh that you're telling me is going to, should be going a week. You know, I'm like, you should beat her up more. <laughs> You know, look at 
you know, it, it's value. It's no different. He owns a, he owns a uh, construction company that does paving and very successful. I'm like, it's no different when you're negotiating your prices. You know, you want to make sure you're getting the value. And that's, that's the thing I think most people see is they don't feel that they're getting their value anymore with the yeah. prices with, you know, average price going up to say 400, $500,000. Yeah, and we're still, you know, you still see agents out there charging, you know, six percent. You know, I've seen a couple charge seven, which I'm like, wow. Well, and I think that's the key, like you said, values have gone up, so these dollar amounts get bigger and bigger, right? Nobody's mm -hmm. looking at the percentage, going the percentage is the same, right? They're yep. going, wait a minute, like five years ago when I sold my house for two hundred thousand, I paid six percent, but that was, you know, twelve grand. Yeah. Now they're going. I just sold my new house that I bought five years ago for two hundred and fifty thousand for seven hundred, you know, for for seven hundred thousand, and now I'm paying forty two thousand, you know. Yeah, like it's like, oh, that's forty two thousand, and they're going, well, what was different between last time and this time? And I think Nothing. that's where I think that's where like people are seeing some of the challenges um, with technology. Mm -hmm. Real estate in certain areas has become easier. But with technology, also, there's been a lot more noise and there's a lot more complexity and there's a lot of different things that mm -hmm. really. Have. And that's the hard part is, you know, and I think we're, we're dealing it with the, and within our industry, too. Like I joke, like, you know, people people look at what we make all the time and they're like, well, I don't want to pay that. Right. Like and and I always joke with it when I talk to realtors, I was just like the big difference between a real estate agent and and the lender is once they're under contract, that buyer is locked in whatever you're making, you're making. Mm -hmm. Right. In theory. Right. Yep. But for us, like now they can sit there and go, I I'm going to negotiate. And we're in Florida. Like any LO that is licensed in another state, that's like, I'm going to add a second state. What state are they adding? Florida. Florida. It's one of the easiest and one of the highest volumes. So you end up, I'm like, I, I joke all the time. Like I lose business to brokers and this and that and, 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 and lenders and everything that Wyoming, Kansas, Kentucky. I'm like, I'm like, how did this client even reach out to this person? They're going to yeah, do, they find They're not gonna do anything, <laughs> but they have the internet. Right. And that's the hard part. And then, and then inevitably what happens three weeks into the transaction, everything's going horrible. And now they're calling me up going, can you save the deal? And I was like, well, now it's a five alarm emergency. Like you, like you tried to save 50 cents three weeks ago and you created yep. a cluster. Yep. Um, you know, and that's the, I, I think that's the big hard part is it's very difficult in both of our industries. And right now, real estate is the big one that's getting the talk because of everything going on of quantifying the value. And I think part of that change, like and, and I'm very wild, like I may have some haters on this one. I don't know. Um, I, Brendan, you may hate me after I say this. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you will, actually. Well, OK, let me have it. <laughs> I think part of the issue is that the barrier to entry to be a real estate agent is so low. Oh, I agree with you wholeheartedly. That that there are so many people that aren't doing it, that that are doing the one deal a year, bombing at it, doing horribly, but still making fifteen, dollars $30,000 in commission on that one deal, but they didn't serve their client properly. Oh, yeah. But I think that barrier entry needs to be elevated significantly. On real estate side, on lending side, right? Like I always joke with appraisers, right? And in the real mm -hmm. estate industry, oh my we gosh, have, we have title insurance, we have title insurance, appraisers, inspectors, real estate agents, loan officers, right? And it's like, 
real estate. I think real estate is the easiest license to get in the industry. Yes. Right. High school I diploma. Think, I think. Yes. And I think mortgage is probably the second easiest. Insurance might be slightly harder, maybe the same. Like they're all really, really close to each other. Title, yep. really, really close. Like, like you can get take a test, do a do a class online, take a test, pass it, do some fingerprints, background check, pay some money, and all of a sudden you're an expert. You're licensed to do this. Mm-hmm. But then you look at the appraiser side, and we give appraisers a lot of shit sometimes. But what do appraisers have to do to get to, to become a full certified, full fledged appraiser? Oh my gosh. Well, first off, they have to have at least an associate's degree. They may have jumped that to a four-year now. Um, I got to double check that, but they got to have at least a two-year apprenticeship. Um, They got to work under somebody else for two years before they can do it themselves. Yes. Yep. They have to pass an exam, right? Yep. Yep. Their exams are hard. Like you go into it and I'm like, and I look at it, I was like, we talk about, oh, well, there's a shortage of appraisers. Well, it's because it's hard, right, to get it. Mm-hmm. But I was like. And they get paid the least. And they get paid the least, right? They're the, they're the most qualified and they get paid the least. And and that's where I was like, you want to show your value? Like, we want to, like, I don't think we have the complaints that we have right now. If to be a real estate agent, you had to take a class. You had to take a licensing. You had to pass a license, and then you had to work as an as an apprentice or assistant, or as a like you had to work under somebody else for a certain amount of hours over the course of th- one year or two years before you can call yourself a licensed realtor, right? Yeah. Like, or oh, I, I agree wholeheartedly. There should there should be an apprenticeship because basically all they do it's a numbers game for brokers for a lot of brokers. Yeah, you know. They sit outside the class. Okay, we got 30 people graduating. I'll hire 10 of them, knowing that, you know, nine of them are gone in a yeah. year. There's a reason but I'm going to get their one to two family members that are going to buy. They're going to buy. They're scared. And they're 1099, so they're not costing me anything except for. Exactly. And then if exactly. you go really big scale, a lot of these brokers have multi-levels of revenue streams for their for their realtors. So then yep. they get their realtors to teach the trainings because the whole per, per, the whole thing is those realtors are making money off of their downline. So we want you want to train them. So the broker themselves don't have to do as much training and put as much time and effort. It's a real, like, it's a simple system. Like, well, it's complex. Don't get me wrong. Like it takes yeah. effort to build something to be profitable and to do really well. But the reality is, is they've got no, like they're not worried about the person doing no business because, no, not really because cost it, it, it doesn't cost them anything. It doesn't cost them a dime. And real estate doesn't have the reputation. Like I like for, for not for nothing, right? Like if a realtor does a bad job, does the broker shop get a bad name? No, the agent does. The agent does. It's one of the only ind- like it's one of the only sales industries or like that I feel like the individual is the one that gets the bad name, not the company. Yeah. Right? Yeah, because in yours, if your company if does, one of our LOs does a bad job, a bad job. it's your company. That it's gets my hit. company that did bad. Yeah. If I did bad, I'd get hit. You know, because mm-hmm. no one, no one sees me really under the umbrella of, you know, my broker. And, it, and that's, that's part kind of going back to the independent contractor where it truly is independent. Yeah. You know, I, as well as I perform as well as I get paid. Yeah. And it just, it, I mean, you can look simply at the numbers. You know, Aura has 
what, 18,000, 16,000 members. And we have, what, right now, 1,200, 1,600 sales a month. There's a lot of starving agents. A lot of, a lot of those are agents who sell one or two a month, you know, or two or three a month. Yeah. And I, I agree wholeheartedly. I, it, there's, there's times where I've just, you know, a new agent. One of the first things I do is I'll look up and see what is the agent sold. Boom. First thing, you know, and the minute I see one sale in two years or no sales, it's like, Oh God, it's going to be a pain in the ass. I was like, no, I'm taking over the entire transaction. I take over the whole thing. You just sit back, let me handle it all and get your commission check. I'll make sure that everything goes through fine. I've done it multiple times. Yeah. And actually had the, had the straight up conversation. Look, I know you're new. Let me handle it. I'll take care so, of it all. So is this part of the challenge of why sellers are upset about commissions is because they hired a new agent that didn't know how to serve them well. And the buyer agent actually had more experience. And then that seller wasn't getting a really somebody that was representing and protecting their best Correct. interest because they Correct. didn't know how to. Correct. Oh yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll be, I've, I've taken advantage of a novice um, agent to beat up. The oh, seller. Yeah. oh yeah. Yeah. Beat, beat their butt up. Like, oh, and then the seller's know, still the one paying you. Yeah, I would be upset all, too they, if they get, I was they the get seller in that situation. Right. Yeah. They get all panicked. Oh, that's like, well, this is what we can do. You know? And you just, you, you know, it, and, and it's like anything in negotiation, you, you know, you, you got to know your, who you're competing against and, yeah. and you, 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 you try and use it to your advantage as much as you can, because I'm working, you know, I'm my fiduciary duties to the, to the buyer's agent per se. Um, but it's, it's, it's interesting because I, I agree with you wholeheartedly and I'm just, there's, there's so many things coming down the road and the next year in real estate's just going to be, it's going to be interesting. It, it's going to yeah. be interesting. Um, actually, you know, I, it does make me a little nervous, a little scared. Um, but I know as long as I continue to perform properly for our clients, yep. um, we're going to do well. I mean, I, I think I got to thank you for the job that you and your team did with Holly. Um, it was, it was phenomenal. I mean, we, you found the program, mm -hmm. um, the SSPCP program, and I am going to get that out uh, by the end of this week, uh, which gave a $5,000 grant that mm -hmm. she didn't have the money. It gave a 5% closing cost contribution, which we were we purchased an open door house. They've lost money. They want to get rid of their house, move their houses. We actually used, we got the whole 5%. Yeah. Pretty much. I mean, it was like 4.82%, yep. something like that. And her did you do you see what you had to bring to close I, I didn't see the final i know i know that forty two dollars forty two dollars <laughs> above the escrow awesome. deposit forty two dollars and awesome. she she those are the ones you love those yeah. are the ones you love because we got to be creative we found something that really helped you know she moved her stuff in yesterday and she called me and she was just ecstatic absolutely ecstatic so Thank I want to take a moment and say thank you to you and your staff because yeah, it, it, it would not have happened um, yeah. without that program, without you finding that solution for uh, for our client and stuff. So that's those are some of the things, and we we have you know we're not even going to have time to hit on the job numbers, China, uh, going going the uh, the um, 
big developers over there filing bankruptcy, going bankrupt and everything. But let's get into, while we have a chance, mm -hmm. let's get into our numbers for the week. So this week, um, we kind of pulled back a little bit again. And we dropped to 337 uh, mm -hmm. sales during the week. Um, our inventory grew back a little bit, uh, uh, 52 units. But you see, it, we're holding pretty steady when we hold. look at the charts. And then our condos just, you know, chugging along, super slow, not, not really doing anything. You know, their inventory actually stayed pretty steady too, which that kind of surprises me with both those two because we're starting to hit that spring. Mm -hmm. time and i expect to see a few more few more homes starting to hit the market hopefully for everybody then one of our favorite pages as always is the original to final list price and you see right here the original list to sales price is down negative twenty seven thousand dollars wow that's big mm -hmm. and you look at you know in these in these areas you know the 250 the 300 you know, 22, gosh, 22,000. But then I think about it because the, the price of Holly's was 260. Mm -hmm. we, dropped, we, we came down 6,000 off the price plus got $10,000 in closing cost contribution. So, you know, we're, we're right in there at where mm -hmm. they're, where they're falling. And you look at the percentage, 92.5%. Wow. And I think that's because with the interest rates growing up, the people in this in this um, economic yep. situation, they're tight, and they've got to they've got to you know scrape out every penny that mm -hmm. they that they possibly can do to make it yep. to make it work for them. You know, average days on market, we're holding right steady at that sixty. And then you know, you just look weekly sales. I mean, we're just pretty steady all the way along, mm -hmm. and I think this, it's going to kind of stay this way until we find there's something that's going to push the interest rates down you know uh, right now most people are are betting on june it's gone from march may is gone may's gone may's gone and they're kind of sitting in june but the june numbers when i looked at them this morning the june numbers have started to slide more to holding steady yeah which which is interesting because you know back when back and I like I'm being true like guys if you were watching us in December we said March was not gonna happen yeah we said best case June we, yep. we've been saying this right and and now it's like now we're looking at man we were hoping for June and now we may actually be looking at later like the fact I'm, I'm almost skipping I'm almost skipping August <laughs> like, I, I feel like September might like the feds are going to be very very cautious with a lot of this stuff right now they just yep. are and we've got kind of data that's like <sighs> you see the here's writing question on that the wall came, yeah here's a question kind of like yeah here's a question that came to my mind today when I saw the gig thing is like if they start to have to convert all these people to employees okay does the job does it do the job numbers now all of a sudden explode and look absolutely phenomenal? The feds are like, we're going to keep steady till 2026. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking at going, okay, so you take all these independent contractors now and you have to make them employees. So have you actually created a new job? 
You, I, I think by I think I don't by know. the government's definition, you have. <laughs> like, I don't know. I mean, I mean, it's like these are just uh, thoughts that come in my head. Um, it's very interesting. So um, then you see steady line inventory really since last October is just kind of very steady at right, just right over five thousand units, and it's really tightening up there like that. The last yeah. last five six weeks, like it is right tight in this. Yeah, level. I mean it's moved. 20 units on average, high or low, somewhere in that ballpark. You know, go back in, we're going into our condos, you know, we're seeing the same thing. You know, under $250,000, which are majority of condos here yep. in uh, in the Orlando area. And you see this, you know, 94.45%. But one thing I have noticed, because I've, I've got a couple clients I am trying to find condos for, is the initial list prices are coming down mm. over the past two weeks where um, I've been following one, one unit, one uh, complex over in Altamont Springs and the one bedroom, one bath used to be listed at, you know, January, like 165, 170. Mm -hmm. I saw one listed at 135 and I saw another one listed at 140. Oh, wow. So the initial, so the initial list price I'm seeing is actually, mm -hmm starting to come down as well yep so that's that's kind of interesting yeah i, I you think you can't really see that in the numbers i, you know, I feel that's like the, the condo market is going to take what would be presumed in my microphone that i'm not using as in camera what my the condo market i feel is going to get i almost feel like it's potential bloodbath over the next year um i a friend of mine sent me one that her friend is selling over in Bradenton. It's right on the water. Beautiful. Did a beautiful yeah. job redoing it. He's a he's a flipper, and uh, he had it listed at four seventy five. He's had it on the market for eighty eight days, and has had two showings. And it's he's not, like, like, people are scared. I think yeah. there, there's been enough news about condos. Like people are scared. Like yep. you have the condos that. You know, you have the fortunate what happened in South Florida, which drove a lot of the insurance, a lot of this stuff, a lot of the change, the tightening of it. But it's like you see all of this cost going up. See that. Then you start seeing values go down. Like it's it's a hard it's hard to be like, yeah. I'm going to invest in that right now. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's not just Orlando. It's the entire condo market throughout the state of Florida. Yeah. You're seeing you're seeing the same thing. So mm -hmm. it doesn't matter which area you're moving to the, the condo market. Except maybe Miami, but boy, Miami went so high when that crashes. It's gonna be, it's gonna be something. It's yeah. it's gonna be it's uh, that could be that could be a, that could be one of your really big bloodbaths, as you're saying. So, mm -hmm. all right. Well, we thank you all for joining us, and we shall see you again. Please like, subscribe, and um, any questions or anything we could ever help you with, please feel free to reach out to Joe and I. We're here to help you. Take care. Have a blessed day. Have a great one, team. Bow, 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 bow.